When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to recap our final tournament of the 2022 season for DNVRX Big Drive Energy at, over at Raccoon Creek. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, and we're going to give you our Super Bowl predictions for this upcoming year now that football is officially back. We're deep in fantasy. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, talk about the last live event. Um, and we're also going to discuss the upcoming PGA BMW Championship, where we got some interesting stories coming out of there. All right, let's tee it up. And hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. <laughs> Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. Welcome into Big Drive Energy, brought to you by our presenting sponsor, none other, none other than Pins and Aces. They are our presenting sponsor and the official golf apparel partner of DNVR. We love our pins and aces gear. I was rocking the Southwest Sunset Polo at the tournament. Mitchie was rocking the Bud Light Seltzer Polo. Looking fly as hell. Uh, pins and aces brought their fucking six sprinter van. Parked it right on the right on the first tee, right where the first and the tenth tee start, and selling some of their awesome gear. And we're always getting compliments on it. People love it. A lot of the players coming up, checking in with us uh, Friday morning, even had the pins and aces gear on. So you love to see that. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right in Colorado. Uh, Unreal polos, hats, golf bags, and even the beer sleeve, the one that lets you hold seven beers right inside your golf bag. Nobody even knows it's there. Uh, You can hold up to seven beers and keep your your beers cold for the entire round. So check out pinsandaces.com. Use our promo code BDE and you receive 15% off and you get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. What's up, brother? How was uh how's your re how you feeling physically? We played three rounds of golf last week, dude. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. My body isn't built for this shit. Like I, I'm starting to get back into golf and uh it's 
it kind of reminds me why I don't play that often, but I also love it. Like I just got to get physically ready for it. So um, I really don't get sore, but I do get like the shine kind of wears off of it after a few days. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, we're, we're golfing again. Like, you know what I mean? I, I can't say it's a bad thing, but uh, it, it's definitely just outside of our ordinary work and don't golf type of thing. You know what I mean? So that's, that's been my biggest struggle is like, so we're playing tomorrow, we're playing Friday. Um, and then the next two weekends I'm playing. So, and you're playing with us in two weekends. So we got a lot of golf on the horizon and we've just played quite a bit of golf. So uh, how yeah, are you doing? I'm doing good, man. The same thing, dude. I, I don't know what happened, but I was just checking people in, you know, slanging mullies at the tournament right before getting getting our DNVR golf hats out there, our sick limited edition towels that people were buying. And all of a sudden, dude, I turned 50 and my back just seized up. And it's just, I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I'm like sitting here like, Is why? It, it hurt? Dude, it, yeah. I Like I've been taking Tylenol, like they're going out of style, like. Every morning I wake up and like my upper and it's your upper back, dude. That's never, that's always a weird one. Cause I have like the foam roller that I use fairly often and I just don't enjoy it. And I just don't like, I feel like it's weird. Like how you emotionally attach yourself to how you feel sometimes. Oh, and absolutely. I, like being, I'm like, hurt can like physically or like make you mentally like sad. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I know I'm like, I can be semi-dramatic, you know, I know that you know that better than just about anyone, but I'm just like, I just can't have a good day today. My fucking back hurts. And you I will never, man. yeah, I, I think as, as humans, you never take for granted your health more than when you're sick. Like when you're sick, you, no, no healthy person ever looks around and they're like, oh, thank God. I just feel good today, you know? But then when you feel like shit, you're like, I would give my, left nut to feel 100%. You know what I mean? You only, you only fucking appreciate your health when you don't have it. And so I got to drop a quick story because I've had some severe back pain in my day. I was actually born with scoliosis. So if you guys didn't know, there's a fucking dinosaur hosting this podcast. Um, my spine's kind of fucked up, but Spencer back in his six pack days, his, uh, douchey ab picture days, um, in the mirror, he was working out like a, an absolute fiend. And I am not built like I, I do work. I try to work out. I haven't in a couple of years, which is pretty visible. Um, but I do work out on a somewhat regular basis and I feel like I'm somewhat athletic, but Spencer had me, he is doing these fucking crazy exercises and so he, we go to the gym, we'd only worked out together like a few times ever. Cause I just kind of do my own thing. He does his own thing. He has me jump up on a ball. What is that ball called? It's not a uh, medicine ball, it's just an exercise ball. One of the big rubber balls. Yeah. Isn't a BOSU ball? Is that the right term? A BOSU is like the ones that are cut in half. Ah. You had me up on top balancing on a ball, like a fucking circus elephant in between a squat rack. And you wanted me doing squats on this fucking ball. And I'm not built like a cat. Like my balance is terrible. So I get like a couple. I'm shaking like a leaf. Like my fucking feet are moving around. Like 
Uh, and so I go down for like my third one and this is probably five years ago. So I was actually in pretty good shape at that point. Um, and I go down for another one and I almost go straight back. Like the ball almost goes right out from under my feet. So I reach out and grab the sides of the squat rack, like tear up my arm, basically just went full primal, like don't die mode and fucking reach for anything I could. And I wrenched the fuck out of my back. Spencer, do you remember this? The next day, yeah. you had to come we home and pick me up. Off the, you had to come home and pick me up off the floor. Like I pinched a nerve in my back, and I physically couldn't move. I've never before. I you automatically just think you're dying. Like I was like, I'm I'm never going to be better. Like this is permanent. And then two days later, it's completely gone. But I was like rolling around like a fish out of water. Fucking couldn't stand up, couldn't move my head. You legitimately had to pick me up off the ground. Like I got onto the ground, like I kind of fucking barrel rolled onto the ground from the couch. And I had to uh, wait for Spencer to get home from like the abs of the Nuggets game to fucking pick me up off the ground. So that's that's like a, a bad back story that I've experienced in. I can just say, I, I think my back just isn't hundred percent all the time, but I'm just used to it. It's just a little sore. It's nothing like serious, but I just have, uh, I've adapted. So I know, I know exactly dude, what you're going through. Dude. I'm pretty convinced that back pain in general is the worst kind of pain to have it, because like you, you just, you get up your first thing in the morning, you feel it. You can't really, you can't, when you hurts to breathe, which you have to do, like, you don't have to stand up. You don't have to sit down. You could lay on the couch all day, theoretically, if you're, you know, whatever, watching TV or whatever, but like back pain is by far the worst. And I've got it probably at 20 out of a hundred right now, you know, just kind of whiny, kind of bitchy, like I normally am, but I'm just like debilitated by it. I'm just like, yeah. Oh, this just, I just don't want to do anything. You know, uh, yeah. here's a question for you. Dramatic. <clears throat> Okay. I've had some, you know, everybody's had headaches and tummy aches, right? Yeah. Which one of those is worse? Because I'm convinced every time I have a really bad stomach ache, I'm just like, somebody just trade me for a headache. Really? See, I would prefer a stomach ache and maybe it's because you've gone through all your, your stomach issues, but I, headaches fucking suck, man. Like talk about debilitating. Usually I, I don't want to get too graphic, but when I have a stomach ache, I feel like I can do something about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> physically. Yeah. I physically you know handle I mean? that. Like, yeah. Like I, I feel like headaches, you can do just about anything and they're not going to go away till they feel like going away. So do you feel me? Yeah. I feel like though, when you like lay down, if you, if you lay down in like a dark room or quiet space, then you can usually kind of make a headache feel less bad or you can kind of fight through it. When your stomach hurts, bro, there's nothing stopping that. You're just like debilitated. Yeah. I mean, I that could kind of be like a fair way or four, but yeah, I, I would take a stomach ache over a, cause it's usually just my shitty diet. You know, I, it's not like anything serious. It's just, oh, you ate something shitty. It's going to give you a stomach ache and then you just fucking repeat the cycle. And I, I'm just, I'm just kind of used to it. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm a little dairy intolerant and I, it doesn't matter. Like hit me with all the cheese, the milk, the yogurt, the ice cream, the, and I just kind of live with the consequences. I've never once considered cutting back on dairy. 
which maybe maybe makes me sound like an idiot, but that's just kind of my feelings. Well, dude, one of the things I learned about like when I was going through my stomach stuff and now I'm kind of out of the the peak that I was at where I was like really focused on it and not not trying to eat the things that I quote unquote shouldn't eat. But it's amazing how just thinking about like when you hear stories or you hear from certain experts, people that are way smarter than we are, that nobody in the world like should eat dairy and nobody in the world not should eat dairy, but nobody's body is like prepared to handle that. Yeah. And when you think about it, yeah. And when you think about it, you're like every, like how many people are out there every day, just like putting up with stomach aches because they like, you know, and how, how, like, I bet it's more than half. I bet more than half of the people in the world, or let's just say America to make this a simple demographic. um, I bet they're just living with a stomach ache. Yeah, like I really, I don't even think, like if I have a severe stomach ache, then that's different. But if I just have a little stomach ache, I just operate as normal. I mean, yeah, it's just, I think just people have just grown to like live with it. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's soft, but you know, it's all right. I understand back. See, and you should just feel lucky that your back pain is temporary because some people live with that shit all the time. Oh yeah, dude. We get three to four call-outs a day from our members. Ah, I'm not gonna make it today. Backs backs acting up. It's like, all right, John, this is the third time in a week, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, like I can't imagine... stop putting yourself on the T sheet. Yeah. I I mean I can't imagine not being able to physically do something because I I am in so much pain. Like I've never done that before, which I feel pretty lucky. Maybe because I don't like if I tried to play a pickup basketball game right now, I'd be cooked in 10 minutes. But that's not because it hurts. It's just because I'm gassed. So I guess Dude, that's I a different up, topic. I walk up a flight of stairs right now and I'm I'm winded and I'm sweating and I'm like, holy shit. I like <laughs> I so at our work right now, we're like super low staffed. Like I've been picking the range and cleaning cars the last couple of days. And I'm not above that. That's not that's not the point I'm trying to get across here. But we've been doing a lot of extra stuff rather than just working in the pro shop. Like if there's two people are working in the pro shop, it's too many right now. We have one person basically running it most of the time and the other person doing, uh, you know, what God knows what filling up water buckets. That's what I did today. Filling up coarse water coolers, you know, doing, picking the range, cleaning carts, taking people out to their holes, et cetera, et cetera. But I like was going too hard and trying to go a little too fast when I was picking the range and I remember hey, just getting like over. I just lost you. I just remember getting like overly hot. And all of a sudden I was like, I need to slow it down. And I was just out picking the range dude and I was trying to hustle and all of a sudden I just got like overheated and tired and I was like fuck me dude I can't be can't be pushing this almost 30 year old body this hard anymore it's sad it's kind of sad no dude I get it like it, it it is wild and everybody you know that's the age old line is everybody's always like just wait till you get to my age and every year they you know 
can't wait to get to my age. It's like, no, it fucking sucks right now. Like, I I don't want to get to that age because it's already hard enough. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just physical ailments are never a fun time. Um, well, let's move on to talking a little Raccoon Creek real quick. Uh, we ended up tying the Pins and Aces team at 18 under uh, for the win. And the – I would say overall, we all contributed. Um, maybe you and I a little bit more than those two, but overall, I'd say it's a, it was a pretty good team effort all the way around. I fucking ran out of gas there towards the end. I was cooked. Like, I don't know what happened, but I was just like ready to be done. You know, when you just get to like the 14, 15th hole and it felt like we waited for a while because of those few holes out at Raccoon that are like drivable. So you're waiting to hit the green and then, you know, you play that hole in five minutes and then you wait. And I just got like worn out, but ultimately we missed a fucking 10 footer to win. We straight up, it moved. It was like right edge and none of us made it. And actually Max, uh, RK's buddy that we played with and RK, they each had two tries at it and they missed those also. So out of our six possible tries, we missed every single one of them to win it and that realistically like i'm pissed at myself that we kind of i mean we tried our best but we didn't really stuff on stuff when we had 75 yards like we could have hit it way closer and really just made it a formality but we we still shouldn't miss a 10 footer like that's what really pissed me off the most and fucking nick uh owner of pins and aces chirping us and saying we we're cheating and shit it's like dog it was just a good battle. Yeah, um, it was a great battle. It, 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 we, was weird. it was just a weird day. Yeah, we were we had a bet with them on the first hole, team versus team, for 50 bucks a player. And then also uh, the chance of playing nine holes with a skirt on the entire group. So we almost, we missed out on getting the opportunity to do that. They, they won the scorecard playoff, but no way I'm – losing a bet on a tie and on a formality, if you will. Um, but yeah, it was, that's just one of those, that's what's crazy about golf, man. And, and you can, you know, we've bro- broken up golf before and the best types of it. We did, you know, the grand slam of that before, but just thinking about us being 75 yards out and not one of us hit a bad shot either. That's what's funny. Like if we're just specifically talking about four person scramble golf, one of the most fun golf tournaments to play in, super relaxed you can bomb it you know if you have somebody that's in the fairway you can hit try shots out that you normally wouldn't try but like our proximity to the hole on that last hole was probably just about as close as it was for any single hole and 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 in terms of other than like that one hole we had 69 yards in and all of us almost literally hold it out but the proximity to the hole for us on that part on that shot was like i think the longest putt out was like 20 feet 15 to 20 and then everybody else was in in between 10 feet and 15 to 18 feet and we just couldn't make it and when you know when like you we all four missed it rk and max had a mulligan left each so they used that they missed it again you know that when you miss it six times and then i think how many more times did we miss it after that i think it took us 10 times to make it yeah and then we finally as we're walking off the green we're like all right we should probably go in we finally can one and it's, of course, just golf, but it, it goes to show you that every time I play in a scramble, right, and we, you know, we shot 18 under, we birdied 16 holes, we eagled two holes and made two pars. 
but it just goes to show you how good like professional golfers are. The fact that like they can even sniff shooting like 62 or 63 on their own ball. Like it's shocking. It's oh, shocking yeah. that they can hit it that much closer. And four, four players all under a handicap of four to five can't make a putt, but they make, you know, a guy that shoots 61 or 62 is making three fourths of those maybe. It's just crazy to me. It makes me like puts it in perspective for me every time. Oh, for sure. But that's the other crazy thing is like my mindset when I play in a scramble versus a, a my own ball is so much different. Like it feels like there's so much less pressure. I have so much less focus. Like I don't get locked in on a scramble because there's always that feeling like somebody else being there to pick you up. You know what I mean? So I I don't want to blame anything, but like, and I hit some good shots, but there are some shots where I just normally would not hit that shot, you know, and scrambles kind of take me out of my game a little bit because I am, I, sh- I shade more on the conservative end of, of things. I'm not usually like, I mean, for example, that part five, I was trying to hit five iron over, a tr- over those trees to a green that I didn't even go up and look at. Like I had no idea, you know, and it's just shots like that, that are fucking, tough when they're not usually in your game to like pull off. So, and this is not a knock on you, but you're a great scramble player because, and we've just, we've talked about it, but you're just, you just freewheel it. Like you just fucking rip on it. You know, you hit bad shots, you move on to the next one. And I'm just like, my mindset's different because I'm so used to playing my own ball that like getting out of my normal yardages and my normal spots and leaving myself in certain places like fucks me up. Yeah. And I will say it is funny. I kind of ironic about you too, because you're a great player. I mean, you were sleepwalking and shot 69 last week at Overland park, but you you are not that great in a scramble. Like everybody thinks you're like a cheat code and in a scramble, you're really just another five. And that's not, not, I mean, better than five, but you know what I mean? Like you get the gist of it is like you, you in a scramble, you're just, your mindset's you're, you don't have that dog in you during a scramble. <laughs> no, I really don't. Like it's more when my get when like I'm relying on myself. So that's my one challenge that I run into on scrambles. But overall, I mean, I don't want to dog on the greens, but they were just bumpy enough and slow enough that it felt like I, I left putt short all day. Like they they were tough kind of getting to the hole. And uphill putts were almost impossible to keep online. Like, we were in so many fucking edges. We had eight feet for eagle on the first hole missed it. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other putts. We really – I will say the one putt I made that was fucking insane was the putt before our last hole. Um, that, like, 15, 20-footer downhill that broke about six feet. That was, like, my best putt of the day by far. And I think that's why I – I mean – that's just the irony of golf is if you take those two holes together and you're like, okay, you're going to have this putt on this hole and this putt on the next hole, you nine times out of 10, you'd be like, okay, we're going to, and you only, they, you know, if you know, you're only going to make one, you'd think we would have made the fucking 10 footer. That was right edge. But instead we make the 20 footer that's six feet outside, right. And then we can't make a fucking 10 footer. That's going to break half a cup. You know what I mean? So that was just the, the frustrating thing is, there's points when we ca- points in the day we, where we capitalized when we may not have, like they weren't expected, but then there was points where we definitely should have capitalized. I also chipped in for an Eagle, whatever. Um, what would you not call a it? a big deal? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I was like 20 yards off the green, so kind of a pitch. Um, but yeah, hold that out. And realistically, there was just a few spots. We easily could have shot 51 or 50, but we just didn't. So um, yeah, and and I think also the way you finish, it kind of let we started bad. It felt like we made a par on the first hole because we had a par five and we had like eight feet, ten feet for eagle. We all missed it, took took birdie. And then um on the 18th hole, we have an up and down from 75 yards to a pretty straightforward hole and then a pretty straightforward easy putt and absolutely get dicked on.com on that and end up not beating those guys. Like it's kind of weird though. I don't like winning our own tournaments, but I like I don't like winning our own tournaments for the prizes, you know, like the gift cards and the pins and aces stuff. I mean, that's always nice to win, but it feels like almost like dirty, but I want to win for the fact of like, it's a lose lose for me personally in my mind, because if we win, people are like, Oh yeah, you won your own tournament. Congrats. And then if you lose, people are like, dude, you didn't, you couldn't even win your own tournament. (laughs) You know, like we, we can't win for losing or winning. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a lose-lose type of situation, but uh, I mean, they have some good players over there too, so uh, you know, can't can't knock the pins and aces guys. They're good sticks, and it sounds like we're going to take the three teams that won our events um, this year and take them up to Fox Hill, one of the clubs that Nick is a member at, and we're going to do a whole content day for like the ultimate prize of like being the DNVR ultimate scramble champion of this summer. So that's going to be dope. We're really looking forward to that. Hopefully. And Spencer and I are going to be live commentating that, which is going to be even more fun. We're basically just going to walk around and shit talk everybody and, and kind of just go full Bob Menery on their ass. So we'll just be walking around commentating, talking shit. So look for that probably within the next month, month and a half. Um, other than that, anything else on the scramble there, Spence? No, dude. I think it was a great time. We're going to have at least three next year. I'm already in the planning stages to make them even bigger and better. Uh, the City Park one was great. The Spring Scramble was great. We had a little less participation participation in that because of the fact that it snowed the first week and it was just a mess. And then the fall one was was awesome. So still a little bit less participation, but a little more expensive tournament and uh, – you know, the weekend of Labor Day is not – it's either a really good weekend to do something or a really bad weekend to try to host something. And I think we found out the hard way that kind of – you know, a lot of people are out of town or they didn't want to make it up to Raccoon Creek. So, either way, we'll we'll uh, we'll dial those in again next year. We've got some great sponsors. Thanks to everybody that was out there. Of course, Pins and Aces, uh, Defy. I've, I've been drinking Defy ever since the tournament every day. Uh, it's especially good when I'm a little hungover. So, Try, try Defy. It's got like CBD in it. They got a couple great flavors. They got a citrus. They got a berry. Um, a lot of good stuff. No, it's kind of like a recovery drink. You're always hung over. Um, yeah, I didn't drink yesterday though, actually. So Wow, good for you, pal. Yeah, good pat on the back. Shout out me for not drinking. Um, but yeah, so Defy is really good. Uh, Dirty Dill was there and we're hoping to have them at a lot more events as well. Uh, Dirty Dill is, if you guys haven't heard about it, it's a pickle shot company. It's pretty much all they do. Um, they have a couple of different styles and the guy, um, I believe his name is Colton. I want to say Colton, uh, met him. He was out on the fourth hole and, uh, giving everybody pickle shots, getting us all in a good spot to, uh, to play some golf. And yeah, they had these spicy pickle shots and dude, like I'm not a big pickle shot guy, 
But when I do have a pickle shot, it immediately makes me think of like a Bloody Mary with that in it and how good that would taste. And so really hoping to get Dirty Dill at a, at a few more things. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of holes or if any holes at Raccoon Creek that have um, that have a outlet on their their on like the tee box because Dirty Dill has like a fucking inflatable pickle, like almost like one of those freaking car car uh yeah like those players ones yeah man it's like an inflatable pickle but you couldn't bring the big old pickle but we're hoping to get that at like a tailgate or something for sure which would be sick um but dirty dill is out there breckenridge brewery shout out to them for bringing some some gifts and uh and bringing some beers out to the hole which i unfortunately shotgun shotgun an ipa that was not the best idea i was chugging water after that and then uh also, big shout out to Canadips and Athletic Greens for hooking everybody up with the tea prizes that people just got to their cart and got them. So, hell yeah, um, I do love dill pickle juice. Like I would, get, I could just drink pickle juice. I don't know if that's a criminal offense or not, but I'm definitely a pickle shot kind of guy. Just that salty, like so fire. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the BMW PGA at Wentworth, Wentworth this week over in England. So this is a DP world tour event, but there is no PGA tour event this week. So we are big DP world tour guys. And this is an interesting event because it is like the DP world tours flagship event. So it's basically like their players tournament for the PGA tour, but the DP world tour equivalent. So all the big players come out. And so interestingly enough, um, all these live guys are, are able to play in it because Ian Poulter and a few other dudes earlier this year, when they announced they're going to live, uh, the DP world tour announced that they were going to have a suspension. Um, any live tours would be suspended or live tour players would be suspended from the DP world tour and they'd be fine. So then, uh, Ian Poulter kind of spearheaded a, uh, a lawsuit against the DP world tour that a few guys hopped in on. And so they kind of put it at a stalemate um, up until it looks like the hearing is going to be in February of 2023. Um, So they, uh, these guys are able to play that are on the live tour, but it just sounds so weird, dude. So listen to this. Um, They talked to Keith Pelly, the, the CEO of the DP world tour. And he said, uh, the live tour guys would not receive a competitive disadvantage, which obviously how the fuck would you receive a competitive disadvantage? Like, what are they going to blindfold them and make them hit tee shots? But uh, St- start them out like the tour championship. Every live player starts out at plus five. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like, I, duh, obviously there's no competitive disadvantage, but they would be excluded from the celebrity pro-am uh, encouraged not to wear live golf apparel. Who gives a fuck? And they would not be included in TV featured groups. Like, like what the fuck is that? Like, it's so dumb. It, I don't know, man. I it, it, It'd be like Nicole Jokic is overplaying, or Luka Doncic is overplaying summer ball in Eastern Europe right now, is he not? Yeah. And so, Nicole Jokic and Giannis and everybody. I mean, that yeah, freaking so Euro are, basket's popping up. Is, yeah, so is, is the NBA going to, like – not um, allow them to participate in certain things because they're playing in a different, like, it's just so corny to me. It's so stupid. And I just don't, like, 
and it sounds like from what I've read that all these live tour guys feel like very unwelcomed, um, at the, at the event. And actually Jason Kokrak and Martin Keimer both, uh, withdrew, they were entered to play in it and both withdrew and Keimer came out and said, it's clear we aren't wanted here. Like, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing this. And I don't know if that's a soft move or it's kind of funny because he's like, fuck you guys. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. It's just so fucking lame to me. I hate it. Yeah, dude, I don't like, so we, that video there, everybody's making a big deal. The video of freaking Horschel and Poulter, uh, Horschel and Poulter today. What do you think? What do you think is going on in that conversation? I don't know. Like we were, or Ian Poulter's probably like, bro, he, if anything, I don't know. It, let's let's act it out. I'll be Billy Horschel. You'll be Ian Poulter. Oh, uh, uh, bro, like you're a fucking sellout, dude. You're, you're you're selling out on the PGA Tour. How could you? How could you, man? Hello, Billy. I'm actually playing on the Live Tour now. And do you know how many fucking Ferraris I've bought with all this fucking Live money? You should really consider coming over, mate. Dude, never, bro. I'm PGA Tour all the way. I'm going to get it tatted on my ass, bro. You die with your fucking morals then, mate. I'll die in a casket full of fucking cash. <laughs> my kids are set up forever. <laughs> yeah, fucking A, dude. Like, it's it just so corny to me. These, these PGA Tour... And Billy Horschel, of all guys, he's just, like, such a tryhard. And I'm not, like, shit-talking shit the tryhards, but he's just such, like, a – he, like, wants to be, like, Justin Thomas or Rory, and he's just not. He's like, oh, I stand for the PJ Tour, and everyone's looking at me like, does anybody give a fuck what Horschel thinks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Billy Horschel is that kid in high school that shoots, like, mid to high 80s, but all has all the best gear. Like, his dad's paid for thousands of dollars of lessons for him. And his team shoots consistently in the low 70s, and they win every team event. And he's just, like, there, like, yeah, dude, I'm on the golf team, dude. Yeah, That's him. His That's dad him. buys all the snacks and shit. Like, his dad basically bought his way onto the team. Um, yeah, he's just – Billy Horschel, he's not a premier guy, and he's trying to stick his neck out like he's a premier PJ Tour player. He's like, oh, the PJ Tour. It's like, dude, you almost lost your card a few years ago. Like, nobody gives a fuck about what you think. Like, it would be beneficial for a guy like Billy Horschel to go to the Live Tour because he'd make more money on the Live than he would on the PJ Tour. Um, but it just cracked me up. And, like, all these guys – like, Harold Werner III just jumped. Did You you heard about that, correct? I, I did see his name on the Live leaderboard this past weekend, yeah. And, actually, did you – I don't know if you saw his response as to why he, he did it, but it's super refreshing. And I know it's the, the whole shtick about, oh, I'm – like coming out and <clears throat> excuse me coming out and admitting that you did it for the money is like a refreshing thing but even he took it a step further he's like i'm doing this i he's like the reason i i got good at golf in high school is to go to college for free the reason i turned pro was so i can make a living doing this because he's like i'm not smart enough to make a near the living i make right now doing anything else he's like this is a way this is a way for me to get from humble beginnings to giving my kids more than they could ever imagine and, and setting my family up for generations. And I know, yada, yada, yada. It's like all worn out, but I actually think coming from Harold Varner, that means something like it's a job to him. And 
obviously it's a passion. Like you got to enjoy it a little bit, but he treats it like a job. And if you were to get offered a job, making more money somewhere else, would you not consider it? You know, like you're already same, same field, same industry. Um, and you just get offered more money to, to do it. What would any, like, I don't know. I, I hate to be like the live truther and, I don't know if I'm kind of getting that shtick now where I just want to do it because everybody on the PJ tour bugs the fuck out of me besides like a couple of guys. Um, but realistically, like it's not hurting anything and they're just, they just want to come out and compete. And I actually, I think the, the whole broadcast is going to be hilarious where they're like purposely not showing live tour guys. Um, so real quick, there is 17 live tour players participating in the BMW this week. So uh, Abram Anser, Richard Bland, Lori Cantor, Sergio Garcia, Taylor Gooch, Brandon Grace, Justin Harding, Sam Horsfield, Pablo Lorothaval, uh, Graham McDowell, and a few, uh, I think Lee Westwood's playing. I don't know why the list just cut off on me, but um, like, I, I think it's good for golf to have a, have competition and, and we, we were going to talk about the president's cup real quick. Like I think years down the road, live versus the PJ tour is going to be way more fucking competitive. The president's cup, they haven't won a president's cup since the international team hasn't won since 98. Like I think with the team of just live tour players right now against everyone on the PJ tour, I think that's a great fucking competition. And plus you don't even need to manufacture bad blood because I feel like these guys fucking hate each other now, which is just like, it's just kind of naturally made itself into this thing where maybe we have like a cage match and then they get on the golf course. Like, I don't know. Well, well part, part of this, like a, like a hunt golf hunger game style, just live versus PGA tour. Somebody needs to create, like they would never do it. Well, maybe they would, but they need to create just a legitimate Ryder cup style event. That's live versus PGA tour. Because if the PGA Tour is smart, if they did this now, like the, today, they would have more depth clearly and probably win the event depending upon where it's played. You know, golf is so random that anybody can beat anybody on any given day, especially every PGA Tour player. But a Ryder Cup style event, what would, what, 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 let's think of a good name for that. The, uh, the, I feel like this isn't good podcasting. Just yeah, like, I know. I, I was hoping you'd come up with something really cool. But no, PGA, I think PGA lives on. <laughs> um, yeah, like fucking live or die. Live. Life or death. No, live or die. Why live? Live. Okay. Jesus Christ! I, right. Thank you. I I get it, but like, piss off, dude. You're an idiot. That. Well, then you went straight around it. That's the problem. No, I understood it just wasn't good enough to acknowledge. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, dude, it, I, this event is actually super dope. And I, do you think part of the reason that they hate each other is like, do you think the PGA Tour guys are like that old dude that like that dad that's like done the right thing his whole life and keeps getting fucked by life? And then like Liv is just like some trust fund. It's like college kids, you know, it's like one kid that's paying for all his college on his own and then one kid that's dad's paying for everything sending him money to get drinks and food every weekend and they all the one kid's just like dude i just keep getting hosed yeah yeah 
that has it's to be like it, that dude. meme that meme of squidward looking out the window is spongebob and patrick running around like that's spongebob and patrick are live tour players like fucking scrooge mcduck in it and they're all their money and squidward's in this house of being sponsored by a shaving cream company so he can fucking pay his bills like you know what i mean they <laughs> i just i i really don't understand why if you got offered to play for live why you wouldn't take it like honestly yeah and dude it's so funny uh one of the guys catching the most strays of all the live players is pat perez because he keeps playing like complete dog shit and they keep getting these like bad angle pictures of him like sitting down at like a club or something is one I recently saw. And it's like Pat Perez has made more money in three live events than he has his entire career on the PGA tour. I that's I don't directly quote that, but something to that effect. And it's fucking hilarious. I love that. Like, yeah, no, dude, it's it, it makes complete sense because he's one of the guys that can really benefit from it. And he's been kind of a live truther. And the team Team format is a little corny. I don't know if it'll necessarily completely catch on because nobody really gives a fuck about the team. Like golf's an individual sport for a reason and they have team events, but to make a, a tour completely about um, just like team versus team. I know, I know there's an individual aspect, but I just think overall it's, it's a little forced, but oh, I think other than that, Liv has done an awesome job and I just see everybody bashing it. Like everybody just, it's just one of those really hot topics where you got to take a side. And I think I probably am in the minority for not really choosing a side and saying that I don't blame some guys for staying on the PGA tour and I don't blame some guys for leaving. So. Yeah. Well, it is kind of unfortunate because the, ending was electric dustin johnson buries like a 30 footer for eagle and dustin johnson was the cream of the golf world crop not two years ago even when he was winning the masters in november was the top player in the world i mean it's unbelievable how far you can fall just by the look of what your career is becoming and uh just by the the fact that you decided to join a semi crooked tour you know you know and they're not even doing anything crooked they're just playing less golf and getting paid more money yeah uh, yeah it, i see nothing wrong with it so we'll go ahead and move on um dude low-key let me real quick this is a live update there's currently a shooting where three people are transported to the hospital colfax is closed between york and columbine i am at the office right now there's sirens going on so if you hear some sirens i'm in like a semi-active shooter situation, I guess. I don't know what's going on, but everybody Jesus. in the office is freaking out. And I'm just over here talking about fucking golf. And I keep looking out my office window and I just keep seeing fucking people like jetting back and forth and I'm getting calls and texts. I'm oh like, my oh, God. Yeah. So kind of wild. So this is my yeah, last that's, podcast, that's dude. I really situation. enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. No, Shut dude, up. I, Don't it's so that. hard. To, it's so hard to get in this fucking office. I can barely do it half the time with the, with the, with credentials. So I'm not worried about somebody yeah, that, can't exactly. get, <laughs> that doesn't have credentials. Talk about here. galaxy brain. Talk about galaxy brain. We can hardly get to our own office. How's how's somebody else without credentials going to get in? Exactly. Um, but let's move into just a little short President's Cup talk. Um, Spencer and I actually have a fantasy draft coming up here pretty quick, uh, but. 
the Davis Love chose his captain's picks for today, uh, for this year, and really it doesn't matter because we're going to shit stomp these guys. Honestly, I did see the team, and it's not terrible. Like, Mito Pereira's on it, Adam Scott's on it, uh, Tom Kim, um, Sun JM, I think, is on it. But they just don't have enough firepower. So, let's see. These are the six players that Davis Love picked for the President's Cup. So, we've got Jordan Spieth, eh, Colin Morikawa, yeah. Uh, Max Homa, love it. Um, Italian, not pervert. Uh, Billy Horschel, boo. Fucking real glue guy. He's like that third line plug that's on the fucking auxiliary cord, like pumping up the squad because he knows he's going to go 0 and 5. Um, Cameron Young, love that guy. He's, I feel like he's a gritty East Coaster. Like he'll probably be a great uh, team event guy because he just seems like he's got that fucking dog in him. Um, and, and Kevin Kisner, who's another just absolute dog in match play. Just talks as much shit as anybody's that got that like Southern swag to him. Um, so I like a few of those picks. Uh, Billy Horschel is just annoying to me. Morikawa is eh. I kind of like him in Speeds eh. So overall, I mean, it's still going to be a drubbing. There's not going to be much to much to talk about with the President's Cup. But, you know, it's golf, so we'll watch it. It's at Quail Hollow out in North Carolina, so that should be a good – uh, tournament host, but maybe they can throw a wrinkle in, like make the PGA tour guys play with, or the, the American guys play with like an arm tied behind their back or, um, you know, maybe blindfolded or on one foot, like, cause it's just, Every, everybody has to play with the opposite hand. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the two. Get those. One dudes of the two, uh, <laughs> getting, yeah. Getting them hit left-handed. That'd be good. President's yeah. Cup, dude, I, I feel bad for the President's Cup. President's Cup's just that little, little brother because it's, like, the same exact thing, but just, like, 20%, 30% of the people care about it. Well, yeah, I I agree for sure, and I also feel – I feel worse for the, the President's Cup international players because it's just tough. Like, these guys aren't all from – you know, when, the, when it's Europe versus uh, America and the Ryder Cup – these European guys all know each other. They get like this team camaraderie going. All these international guys have no time. Some of them are from Australia. Some are from China, Japan, all over the fucking place. So they don't really get to hang out and do like that team building that uh, Team Europe does in the Ryder Cup. And so I feel like they're at a distinct disadvantage already on top of just not having as good of players. But I think Tom Kim is going to be uh, – emerges a star in the president's cup. Cause that dude can fucking ball uh, Monday qualifier info on Twitter was talking about before he made his PGA tour debut and ultimately locked up his tour card. Like it was nothing. He had won like three or four times on the Japan tour this year. And he, he just kind of was like the, the best player that nobody had heard of yet. So I think he'll be a household name after uh after this president's cup. So I'm looking forward to that, but I still think the U S routes them. Yeah. Well, as Mitchell said, we are uh, currently doing a fan. We actually are currently starting a fantasy draft. So we'll live update you as we're doing that, as we record this podcast, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about football. Football is back. 
the first Sunday of NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the season. Right now, new customers can bet $5, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if that team loses. So I'm not worried about this team losing, but our team, the Broncos, play Monday night uh, against Seattle, and I bet you – Russell Wilson's going to be pissed. There's a bunch of stories coming out today about how pissed off he was at Pete Carroll and company. Uh, and the Broncos will mark my words, be up 10 points. So you can bet during that. So all I'm doing is betting Broncos money line. I can't wait till they're up 10 and I get that bet paid instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code DNVR and you get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that's promo code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. All right. Big shout out to one of our other great friend, great sponsors, our friends over at GameTime. And GameTime is the app that I've been using for forever. Now I get to talk about them on the podcast. They are phenomenal, and they offer the best ticket prices Right before the game, you don't even have to have tickets. You can go up there. One of the cool things we've got this year, so we've obviously got the game time link. Um, and we, you know, you have to use that link. So make sure you use the link in the podcast description. That's how we get credit for it. That's how game time knows you're listening and knows, knows that our voices matter to you. Um, but we're going to have a big old game time link at our tailgates. So make sure you check out the DNVR Broncos tailgates. They're so much fun. DJs, we got, oh, we got a bar this year. Uh, we got, different games we got Shotsky we got can jam bags or uh what is that called I I'm so ingrained cornhole I love cornhole I don't know why people call it bags I actually hate that I call it that but that's how it goes and game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows you can get seats that you've never thought you can get you can get floor seats at a concert all through the game time app. You just keep checking that app, keep refreshing it right before the game starts, and you're getting a chance to sit at the best seats at a Broncos game, Nuggets game, Avs game, or any of the concerts over at Ball Arena, Mile High City, Mile High Stadium, etc. If you love DNVR, which I know you guys do, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is buy tickets through the link in the description of this podcast. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events last minute. So it's great. It's phenomenal. Love Game Time. Check out the link in our bio and you can get the best tickets for the lowest prices right before the game starts. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming Super Bowl. Well, the upcoming NFL season in the Super Bowl. And as we're doing this fantasy draft, I am now on the clock. Ooh, Jabbar yeah. Chase. So I had, uh, I had the fifth overall pick. I ended up taking um, Justin Jefferson. I don't know why. I, Jay I Jettis? Love, I love picking Vikings. Like, I might take Dalvin Cook if I doubt he's going to be there. You took Derrick Henry. You took Tractor Cito. Derrick Henry, boy. Uh, yeah, so – I honestly, the, the one thing that really jumps out to me that's hilarious is I have not heard a single person say that, like, a single TV personality 
say that anybody but the Buffalo Bills are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, which I makes me feel like they're doomed. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, dude. Everybody. Uh, Bills Buccaneers. Uh, I'm, I get paid for this take. Like, yeah. if they're all right, great. But they, if they're all wrong, it doesn't even matter either. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'd love to pick the Bills, but you can't sleep on teams like the Chiefs. You can't sleep on the Broncos. You can't sleep on the Chargers. You can't sleep on a team like the Titans, who have been to the second round of the AFC playoffs two years in a row. The Patriots, you know, they're always going to be there. Like, the, the Bills are the the pick, you know. Uh, you got teams in the AFC East. The Ravens are built to make a run. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I'm with you, dude. When everybody's on one side, you hop on – you hop on the uh, – you hop on the life raft while everybody's on the sinking ship. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we're well-versed enough in the sports betting um, area to, to realize that when everybody is on something, that usually means it's a bad thing. Because uh, there's – let's just be real. There's nothing obvious about um, the NFL. Like the NFL is the best parody of any sport, any professional sport in the world, I think. And that's what makes it so much fun is because, (coughs) excuse me, anybody can be anybody. And I think that's the most exciting part about it is um, it's any given game, you know, it's one game, it's not a series. So let's go, let's make some uh, predictions. Who do we think, we're going to see in the NFC and AFC championships and who do you think is going to the Super Bowl and then who's winning the Super Bowl? All right. So AFC championship game pains me to say it. It's going to be the Kansas city chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, NFC championship game is going to be, is good enough to get there. Dude, I I think the Ravens, if they can avoid injury for one year in their career, I feel like one year in their in their franchise's history, they were are able to make it. So I think it's gonna be the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are gonna have one of those seasons. I mean, they the fucking for fuck's sake, they've made it to who you taking here? Don't take my pick. They've made it to what three straight AFC Javante? championship games. You want four Javante? straight? No, I don't want Javante. I, James Connor, maybe. I'm taking James Connor. Cool. I wanted Javante, so I think this next pick is an auto draft, though. One thing I will say, I'll never take Travis Kelsey. I'll never take a Chief in fantasy. Oh, dude, exa- I was just gonna say, I will never take. I will never touch oh, a Javante. Slip to your boy. <laughs> Logan took Travis Kelsey. That fucking. Mm, I'm just glad he he wasn't an auto draft. But, okay, NFC picks. NFC picks. Hmm. I am going to go in the NFC this year. I don't know how they're going to get there, but I just feel like they will again. I'm going to go San Francisco 49ers will play against, oh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Dude, that's that was my fucking. The Eagles are a fun team that everybody's kind of jumping on, which also scares me. Um, so my girlfriend is a Eagles fan. Uh, go Birds! That pains me to say. Or fucking what is it? Um, what is the saying? God damn it! Bang bang bird. 
Oh, or fly eagles fly. Dumbest shit I've ever heard, but she's very pessimistic because that's just naturally. Oh, how dude, she... I got both my guys. This is wow. That worked out. Couldn't worked out any better for me. Yeah, T Higgins for your boy. Oh. Starting out, starting out with Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, Debo Samuel, and T Higgins. You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Um, I am hoping DJ Moore falls to me. Is Logan's on the clock? Don't take DJ Moore. For the record, people, this is an eighteen league. Yeah, so we're a little small, but they're fun. It's fun to switch it up when you have a bunch of different leagues. It's fun to switch it up, you know, because then you have, you know, like eight team league. You have a twelve team league. You have a ten team league. You have a ten team PPR. Yeah, you know, it's more fun to have all these. So, all right, it's a it's a good time, but it's just. You just eventually feel like you don't know who you're rooting for. You're just rooting for scores everywhere, and it just makes it fucking hard to, like, keep track of. Well, that's why when I have multiple leagues, which I do every year, I start out and I'm like, well, I'm going to be in a few this year. And then I get in more, and somebody else asks me, somebody else asks me, somebody else asks me, whatever. But I try to get the same core of players, you know? I try to get the same core guys, like, so I can cheer for five or six guys. And the problem is with that, if they suck, and they all have bad seasons or they get hurt, I'm just thrown to the wolves. But you just got to hope that that doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. And that's that's the challenge of fantasy football is, especially in an eight-team league, like this is some pretty weak shit, honestly. But it it almost makes it harder because there's so many good players that you end up tinkering way too much and – then you just end up fucking yourself. You know what I mean? Because there's so many good, there's not any glaring, like good option. You know what I'm saying? I am the king of my bench going off. 18 league, 10 team league, 12 team league. I am the king of of my bench just going eight shit. 100%. Um, I know it's, I don't think it's stupid. I'm going to be the first to take a QB. I got Josh Allen. Oh, I did. I accidentally did that yesterday. I don't give a fuck. I mean, right now I've got Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Justin. Oh, I've got four J's. I got a handy J right here. You're the all J's. I love uh, that. Allen, Mixon, Connor, Jefferson, and DJ Moore right now. So I feel uh, pretty good about where I'm at currently. 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 I feel like we're running through this draft pretty quick, honestly. But okay, so overall, let's go to my. Or did you pick a Super Bowl champion? Uh, I'm gonna say Super Bowl is gonna be Niners Ravens, which will be lit. We had that a couple of years ago, and I'm gonna say Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens. Well, you acknowledge real quick. You're now like a, a slut for the 49ers because Kylie's a 49ers fan. Uh, a little bit. I, it's also George Kittle. George Kittle, yeah. Between it's like a match made in heaven for you. You're just like cranking it. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he's he's like even if he didn't go to Iowa, I'd still be in love with him. In fact, they went to Iowa, makes me even more in love with him. And the fact that he's on my wife's favorite team is now just like a root or cheer chance for me to wear that jersey and root for him. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Um, so I do like your predictions. Uh. I heard Pete Prisco today say that the Broncos were the worst team in the AFC West. And I just don't think that's the case. Like, how many years are these national guys going to say the Chargers are 
a team to beat when they have, when's the last time they've done anything? Like, how can you continue to give them credit and say they're going to be a team when they're just flat out dog shit? Like they, they down the stretch, they're ass. They can't finish. They can't close. Everybody's always perpetually hurt. Like until you do anything, I can't give you that credit. So I don't understand. It's just the West coast bias. Um, but I think, uh, AFC, I want to go, mm, the AFC is just stacked as fuck. Uh, I'm going to go Broncos bills in the AFC championship. I, Dude. Does that make me a homer? Uh, no, I wanted to do it. I'm I'm glad one of us did it. Yeah, I'll go Broncos. I wanted to do it so bad. I'll go Broncos, Bills, and the AFC. Um, I think they have the opportunity to. Ooh, Brees Hall, baby. Um, I I think they'll have the opportunity to get to that that point. I think we win eleven games this year. Uh, get to that point or even 12 games. I think we could win 12 games. And I think we make it to this the AFC Championship game. We play the Bills. I am going to choose the Bills to go to the the title to go to this to go to the Super Bowl game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. To go to the Super Bowl, but then NFC I feel like the AFC is just kind of going to beat the shit out of each other all year. And I feel like it's going to end up being an NFC team that wins it. Um, ultimately, Broncos-Eagles would be wild. I feel like the Eagles do have a low-key, a very good shot. Um, I don't think the Rams get back there. The 49ers, it's a possibility. Um, but I think uh, I'll go I'll go Bills-Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I'll pick the Eagles to win it. Fuck it. Wow, dude. Wow, are you are you pandering? I, um, <laughs> no, dude, because I can't. That's the opposite of pandering because everybody else has picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Well, you just you just picked them in the Super Bowl, so it's not like you're doing something that's out of ordinary here. Like you just literally okay, talk but, shit about that. Yeah, but literally everybody is picking them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, you just picked him in it, so. Okay, that's that's two totally different things, is it not? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay, yeah. should we get out of here? Are we done? Are people yeah. done listening to us talk about our fucking fantasy football draft? Yeah, they should be. We appreciate you all listening. Uh, enjoy the PGA BMW. It's still so weird to say. I was, like, looking at it. I was like, wow, this, this is so weird. But I'm going to be definitely watching, and uh, let's look for – Look out if you're watching this event, especially look out for some interesting uh, live TV scenarios. Like if they show, um, if they show like a live player and then they like pan away or there's some awkward talk, like that's what I'll be doing. I'll be like tuning in to listen to like the commentary of it. Like you said, it's going to be electric. Yeah, just quick cutaways from the live guys. I think it's going to be awesome. So yeah, I I would recommend everybody go ahead and watch that and just hear the commentary because I think it's going to be classic. 100%. Well, everybody have a great week. Have a great weekend. Football season is back. We're playing a ton of golf. We got our boy Alex Batcher party out here. Uh, Saturday, Sunday is going to suck because I should probably cut that um, because we are going to have the men's club championship. 
not fun, 100 guys playing slow as hell. But at 11 o'clock on Sunday, we'll both be posted behind our laptops in front of two TVs watching NFL football. All is well with the world. You guys enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you all next week. Um, hopefully getting our guest on from this week had a little issue there. So hopefully he's, he's on with us. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Play, go play some golf, but not during the football game because that is not allowed, especially if you ask what the score is. All right. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.